Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hey there, and welcome to Jewelry Navigator Podcast and the very first episode of 2020. It's past Happy New Year time and we're rolling into the beginning of the jewelry trade show season. The first to kick off is a big trade show, gem show in Tucson. And the other is a show going on concurrently with other shows in New York. But the one I'm focusing on is the one called New York Now. I'll be attending the Tucson show and this is why I'm calling it a pre-boarding podcast because it's right before the start of the shows. Tucson starts, well, I believe it started today technically for some of the shows and um, I will be flying out on Sunday, the 2nd, and it goes on for about a week or two weeks in Tucson. And then the New York Now show is going on this weekend as well. I believe that's the second through the fifth as well. I won't be able to be in New York City because I am attending the Tucson show. And before I go on, let me explain a little bit of background about the Tucson show. When we call it a show, it's a, basically a conglomerate of several shows put together and one may start a couple of days ahead of another but it's basically um, usually within the first two weeks of February or somewhere in there and they close down basically all of downtown and hotels entire hotels become venues for particular shows for instance the Pueblo show is the Ramada in um, there in Tucson and Mary Vandere is going to share a little bit about that show because that's where she and Todd Wax have their booth or their room and then another show I'll be attending is the select show Deborah Navarro is showing there as well as at the JCK show and I'll be attending the AGTA Gem Fair. And then I'll just hop and skip around to as many shows as I possibly can while I'm there. So I'm super, super excited to be sharing this pre-boarding podcast with you just to kind of give you a preview of some of the designers that I featured on the podcast before, but I'm revisiting because they are exhibiting at the show in Tucson. Either way, all of this will be posted on my Instagram feed. You'll need to follow 
follow along. Be sure you comment and cheer them on because it's just been a pleasure to be able to support them. So the designers that I will be featuring today include Mary Vanderay, Deborah Navarro, Dana Bush, and Pam Whale of Petite Bailing Jewelry. And I do have some other surprises, some other designers who may not be attending the show, but they are certainly special designers to me and I'll be wearing their jewelry and talking about them as well while I'm at the Tucson show. My first guest today who will be exhibiting at the Pueblo show as part of the Tucson show is Mary Vanderay. She is partners with Todd Wax of Tucson Todd's Gems and they will be in room 107 at the Pueblo show. And here's a little background about how long Mary's been exhibiting at the Tucson show. And uh, please stay tuned because I can't wait to visit her and her gems and jewelry because I have a very special surprise that I'll be sharing live from the show. Here's Mary. Well, I'm so excited to get to talk to you before the show, but what I wanted to talk to you about today is get you to share some of your favorite things about being in Tucson for the show, how long you've um, been participating in the Tucson show, and then I know what makes you so unique, and there are some you have some secret superpowers because you work with Todd, <laughs> but, but I want you to share that part of it with, with today's story. So I'll let you okay. tell us a little bit about, you know, your involvement with the Tucson shows. Well, I love doing the Tucson show. I remember coming when I was a student at GIA for the first time, making the trek from Carlsbad to Tucson, you know, putting together as much money as I could and coming here and spending every little bit of it on different things, agates and rocks and things I would collect and different gemstones that I would learn about in school. Um, and it was always almost so surreal when you came because the show is so big and there are so many different shows to go to and you know trying to, to navigate your way around um, and this actually is now the fifth year we're exhibiting in Tucson which is on a whole different side so now it's not really so much of a shopper it's more you know the business part of it I guess which is still great so we take um, it takes us about three full days to set up our booth Mm-hmm. Uh, we work day and night to uh, to get it ready for everybody to make it look its best and, and do, do the best we can doing that. And uh, I think it's just such a great show. I mean, it's great whether you're a shopper or an exhibitor. Um, to me, it's it's the best show that we even do. I love that show. Um, like I said, this is my second year going to Tucson. Last year was a good way for me to get an overview and understand how it works. But I'll explain this in the beginning of the podcast Um you're one of a few designers that I'll be showcasing through the shows, both in Tucson and then remotely in New York at the New York Now show. But what impressed me so much about the Pueblo show and what our listeners don't uh, might not understand, when we say show, it involves... Um, a, the Tucson show is an umbrella for several other shows that serve different 
different aspects and communities of the jewelry trade. Some of them Absolutely. are open to the public, but most of them you do need credentials to get into. So mm -hmm. the Pueblo show, I don't remember, is that a credential? We are, we are open. No, we are open to the public. Uh, okay. We are walking distance from the credential show. Uh, the the AGTA show is, is two minutes from here. But we do not require um, any sort of paperwork or anything to shop at the show. Although if you are a wholesaler or you have a license, if you let the dealers know, sometimes you might get a little better price or, you know, work something out like that. But otherwise, we are free and open to the public. It's a great show to check out. There's everything from fossils to gems to jewelry to beads to whatever actually you could ever set your heart on, I think, dinosaurs and all kinds of cool stuff. And that's good to know. I didn't know that the Pueblo show was open to the public, which, I mean, how, that's a great benefit to people who might feel like they're a little bit of an outsider and they can't get in. This gives them Absolutely. an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's why one of the reasons we haven't moved to one of the shows that you need all the credentials, because we want to be open for everybody. We want everyone to be able to come in and share the love of jewelry and gems that we have here and just have some fun and learn some stuff. And there's never any pressure. We just... We like to educate and, and show cool stuff, too. Mm-hmm, exactly. One thing that I really am impressed and appreciate about you and working with Todd, your partner, is that you, you have so many unusual and unique gemstones that do help educate people on things like most people would think that garnets only come in that one deep red color where you Absolutely. and Todd... Yeah, you and Todd have a really special story, and we'll save this part. We'll save this story for when I show up in Tucson, and you and I can and can show and tell some of the beautiful garnets that you I'm have. I'm so excited. I am too. I'm so excited. I know. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Mary and I have developed a friendship over the past year, and um, she and her business partner, Todd Wax, um, also known as Tucson Todd of Tucson Todd's yep. Gems, they tour the country and have a scheduled show schedule where they go all the way from California and bounce around and come over to the East Coast where I am. And I had the privilege of meeting up with them a few times through this year. So I, I just love it. I love going to see what they have because um, it's, it's like a mini traveling museum for sale. And... Everything. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. And I just, back to the garnet, it's just an example of how wonderfully you represent, um, you know, interest for people who might want something unique or who don't know that there's so much more to gemology and gemstones. And if you want something truly unique, which one reason why I started Jewelry Navigator was to show these things to show and tell these um, these aspects of gemology and jewelry to the general public who might not know that garnets come in every color of the of the rainbow. And, they are amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, and I can't wait to share the surprise that you and Todd actually um, discovered and you share along with your jewelry. So. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Todd and how that works so well with Mary Vanderay as a jewelry designer. Well, I'm very fortunate to have a fabulous business partner who is very, very good at what he does. 
And the, I think one of the best parts is that as a designer, I can create and envision there's, there's really no restrictions to what I can come up with because I know that when it comes time for that stone to be cut, that Todd's going to be able to make the perfect stone for basically any shape mounting that I want to create. So it really is amazing to not be constricted to just using, you know, a standard round size or a standard oval. That's where I've created the, the architect shape and some different shapes that they're just really unique and different. And it's, amazing to be able to have such a great business partner that can help me pr- have my visions come true. Exactly. I, I love that component of it. And you are, I mean, you're limitless with your design ability because you can take the specifications exactly to him and then he can design exactly what you want, as challenging as it could be. <laughs> oh, sometimes it's very challenging. Yeah, sometimes he's not happy with me, but it always <laughs> turns out beautifully in the end, you know. But he always says, I challenge him to to be a better cutter because of the weird things I come up with sometimes. So he's always cool to, to he wants to try it and challenge him and, and get it done and make it great. Yes, exactly. And um, just one surprise that I'm going to share on Instagram stories today is your Ooh. beautiful, yeah, the beautiful hex ring that you created. And Mary oh, thank does a you. Lot, mm-hmm. Mary does a lot with unique geometric shapes and sizes and her hex collection is is a perfect example of that it's a hexagonal top with a round stone usually set in the middle and this particular ring is set with a purple garnet and savorite garnets around the edge of the Uh shank which is like a design um it's it's unique design to your hex ring because those stones go all the way around the edge. Yeah. But because you're a jeweler and you're familiar with how jewelry wears, not only that, you're also a woman and you understand how we wear jewelry. Those stones are Absolutely. protected because they're recessed into the ring. Yes. It's something you have to look for. Absolutely. Or you just scratch the tops or the stones come out, but um, set properly, the, the ring gives you many, many, many wears of you or years of, use. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I can't wait to share that and share more about your story in Tucson. And thanks so much, Mary, for um, joining Little Synopsis. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, you know what we do need to add, which is really important. Your location at the Pueblo Show. Where can people find you? Because a lot of these shows, what they do is they take hotels and they turn them into the shows. So tell us the name of the hotel and where they can find you. Great. We are located in room 107 at the Pueblo Show, which is the Ramada Inn, formerly the River Park Inn. And it's on the corner of Cushing Street and the frontage road of the highway, so it's very easy to find. Uh, we will be opening officially tomorrow, and uh, we really look forward to seeing everybody, and, and happy Tucson. Yes, exactly. Happy Tucson. Thanks, Mary. I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see you either, Brenna. Thanks. If you watch my feed, you can tell how passionate I am about Mary's jewelry. My heart is truly in the gem aspect of jewelry because it's just so interesting. And my background being in geology, it's just so ingrained in my spirit. So she's one of my favorite designers to feature because she is such a specialist in special gemstones. And she does have that superpower connection with Todd Wax because he can custom facet anything that she dreams up. 
My next designer is Dana Bush of Dana Bush Designs. She creates one-of-a-kind jewelry art that is so magnificent and beautiful. And what's so unique about her jewelry is that she names them or titles them like you would at an art show or an art exhibit. And the collection, the collections are inspired by landscapes in the Southwest, as well as inspired scenery and experiences from her world travels. Here's a little bit about Dana and what you can expect to see on Jewelry Navigator Instagram feed while I'm at the show. Dana will be showing at the JCK show and we'll share her booth with you in just a couple minutes. What strikes me so much about your jewelry, Dana, is getting ready to go out to Tucson. The scenery and the landscape is so beautiful out there that that's actually how a lot of your inspiration for your jewelry pieces comes from. That's where it comes from. So preparing for the JCK show there in Tucson, I think it's a perfect scenery and background for you. Um, I want you to share a little bit about your relationship with Medicine Man Gallery and how it's such a good fit and also how you're preparing to visit with the buyers and store owners who visit you at the show as far as um, you know, sharing with them how you can customize designs specifically for their region, area, or interest. Okay, that sounds fantastic. Well, um, I'm once again very thrilled to be talking with Brenna, the founder of The Jewelry Navigator, uh, and it's been uh, lovely getting to know you and all the wonderful uh, work and support that you give designers like myself uh, and you. the changing landscape that we're in. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so Medicine Man Gallery uh, is in their 29th or 30th year in business. Uh, their original store is based in Tucson, uh, but I first got to know the owners, uh, Mark and Kathleen, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where they had a long-time full-time store, uh, which uh, made sense both locations because their gallery is really um, based in uh, very high-end Western art and sculpture, and then secondly, uh, specializes in beautiful Native American rugs and pottery and old jewelry. And um, Kathleen happened to wander into a trunk show I was having in Santa Fe a number of years ago and loved my work and bought a bunch for herself and started wearing it at her gallery. And all of her customers started to ask about it and wanted to know about it and wanted to buy it. And that's really how things began. They saw that this could be a great uh, opportunity for uh, myself and them to uh, you know, branch into something very different than what they carry. Uh, but you know, the, I think the biggest thing, uh, which this is what everything in life comes down to, is relationships and, uh, you know, and understanding those and you know, seeing, uh, seeing all those beneficial things that can come from it. So as much as uh, my jewelry isn't what you would typically find in their gallery, uh, the clientele that is attracted to my work and loves my work and appreciates it is their same clientele. Uh, and 
I have always considered my jewelry to be sculptural art, and that's how I've really set up the languaging about my business and how I go about marketing it and talking about it. And so to naturally then find myself in a very high caliber art gallery uh, ended up being, you know, the perfect scenario and just confirmed uh, that that was an ideal setting because someone going into an art gallery, there's already a certain level of understanding and appreciation for handmade pieces, for supporting the world of art, uh, for wanting one-of-a-kind things. Uh, There's also an understanding and expectation that there is a price, dollar value that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You tend to also have a client that tends to be more um, sophisticated. And what I mean by that, you know, someone who has, you know, broader interests, who has cultural interests, who, you know, travels or um, participates in other kinds of um, activities or associations in the community that are really around, uh, you know, things that aren't mass produced, uh, things mm-hmm. that have a certain aesthetic to them. And so it's, um, it really has turned out to be a fantastic situation. And I uh, have now been working with them for probably about eight years now. And one of the things that uh, also kind of fits with that gallery perspective and also ties into some of your, you know, your questions about uh, some of my inspiration and, and how that is reflected in my jewelry. And then I would also say how it's reflected in my business perception and approach is uh, for the last probably four years now, in addition to designing one-of-a-kind pieces, much like a painter does or a sculptor that they carry. Um, I, you know, and the collection or the show always had a title, but for the last handful of years, what, what I've done is much like uh, really any other fine artist is the show has a title and there is, you know, there's a theme to that and the collection of pieces uh, that are part of that show, each are titled, much like a painting is or much like a sculpture is. And there is um, symbolic meaning really behind why that title and how it fits into the collection. And one of the things that I really try and do is to use my materials, my stones, whether that's the patterns on the stones combined with the colors of the stones, um, to really represent that image. So, for example, some of the collections that I've done for Medicine Man have specifically tied into the fact that they are in the desert, that because they also carry a lot of Western painters, uh, there are a lot of their artists that also do landscape scenes, and a lot of it is, you know, those kinds of areas, desert, um, you know, mountains. And so a lot of the stones that I work with, uh, some of the unusual ones, especially the agates and the jaspers and the corals, have these amazing, gorgeous patterns and colors that really mimic the beautiful landscape that you especially see in the desert. I will be coming with examples of 
of collections where there's a title and there's you know a, um, a written text that you know talks about what this collection is and why this collection is and the titles of the pieces so individuals can understand you know how I work um, and I also though intend to have loose materials uh, because mm-hmm. again this is a very fluid process and so you know what you know my goal is is to not just show stores like how I work and samples of the caliber of the work but the uh, what I consider like the large potential of what can be created specifically for them that will be exclusive to their store um, I also have the capacity to work in you know a variety of materials and so if a store, you know, has, you know, wants something, you know, in a different, you know, metal or a different price point, you know, there's op- there's opportunities for that flexibility. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, all of those things are uh, are are coming to mind um, just in relationship to some of the the questions that you initially posed. Yes, yes, that's perfect because. Um, I want anybody attending the show to understand the the inspiration and the purpose behind your designs so that they're they're curious to drop by so that they can find you. Where can they find you at JCK? What's your booth number? Uh, exactly. So I'm booth three one nine. Okay. And so and I'm right. Um, I actually am a corner booth on the lounge, and okay. I and I back right up to the designer alley rows. Uh, I think it's going to be a great opportunity and experience. And uh, so, it it is um, like I said, important for me to uh, have people have contact with me and understand what I'm about, and that you know I am someone that's very you know, committed to the relationships that I develop uh, with, whether that's a store that carries me or customers that I've had, Mm -hmm. and the whole personalized nature, which probably hails uh, back to my number of years as uh, being a psychologist um, in my former professional life. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, I love how it all comes together. And it's so... um, it's so encouraging to see the level of collaboration between artists and galleries. I think um, we're in a unique position of retail and wholesale right now where you can really customize relationships. And um, we'll get into that a little bit more maybe after the show. For now, okay. we're going to sign off, and I will be sharing some of Dana's beautiful jewelry over the next few days and, of course, be catching up with her at JCK in Tucson starting on February 5th. That sounds great. Yes. Well, thank you, Dana. Mm-hmm. I'll see you there. Oh, thank I you. Wait. I can't okay. wait. Once again, if you're attending the Tucson shows and you'll be there for the JCK show at Marriott Star Pass, you can find Dana in booth 319. One thing that I didn't realize that I was going to become so passionate about is supporting women in the jewelry trade. 
being someone who understands the background and the struggles that had, you know, of the past, I feel that women are coming into their own within the jewelry industry now. Um, I really enjoy sharing their stories. And I think as women, because we're the biggest wearers of jewelry, we can truly relate to their to their stories. And the next story I'm going to share, it's a snippet actually from her podcast with me earlier or last year in the summertime is Pam Whale of Petite Bailing Jewelry. I love that her story integrates how she grew her business, which is once again, another platform and passion of mine is helping emerging new and independent designers get a foothold and figure out how to start. They have the ideas, they have the jewelry, where do they go next? Well, Pam is really smart in that she did what just came naturally and instinctively. She started locally. And this is a platform that I'm going to be supporting in the coming months and helping designers discover ways that they can find support within their own communities and get a stronger foothold. So here's Pam's little story about how she got started with petite bailing jewelry. And you can find Pam. Pam is exhibiting at the New York Now show. And that will be February 2nd through the 5th. She's in the luxury lifestyle booth number 3706. I live in Katona, which is, you know, like a, a sweet, artsy, kind of bucolic um, town about an hour north of New York City, and a great store opened in town. Um, and the person, the owner of it, this great local guy, a gemologist, and I walked in just as a shopper and got to talking with him. And I thought, you know, this is this is a store that really, that our town is so lucky to have. It it has edge, it, it, he has great taste, and um, was, he it had a community feel. And as I was, you know, shopping everything in there and taking it all in, he was looking at a piece that I was wearing that, and, you know, we, we got to talking, I was asking him questions about everything and how he came into business. And... It, I, I caught him looking at, at my neck, and he said, yeah, this is, this is all very good, but the piece that you're wearing, where'd you get it? It's something that I'm missing. And um, I said, well, I, I, I made it. It was Tahitian pearl, and it was the simplest, um, but to me the most beautiful, simple metallic blue pearl that I just had simply strung on leather. I said, you know, I need something like that. And I said, well, I... That's a piece I made for myself. I've, I've made a number of them. I've made them for friends. I've made them in different styles. Um, and he said, well, I, I'd, like, I'd like to carry them. Are you interested in making them? And, and I said, you know, I was getting one of my kids off to college. And I said, well, give me a couple months. I've got to get a kid out the door. And, um, and I'll bring in pieces, and we'll see. And I, from my retail background, I, I put together a capsule and um, his name's Casey, and he, um, the store is Bijou of Katona. And I brought it in, and he was so supportive. And 
And, you know, I can't imagine, like, a better partner for someone. I was going to say for a designer. At that point, I was barely a designer. I I was just making things that I liked and for my own enjoyment. And he bought the collection and, you know, really in just such a lucky moment for me, he said, you know, if I, if I buy this and support you, you can make more and, and I'll take it in and we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And that was the luckiest and kindest break. And because of that, and because the store was so local to me, I could come in, I could see what people um, liked, what, you know, how they would like things amended, what they were looking for and and I could it gave me the freedom to to dabble in whatever um, type of of gemstone appealed to me so it so the line quickly evolved from working with Tahitian pearls and I always liked um, Lux gemstones but I always wanted to wear things easily things that I didn't have to take off things that could you know go on a on a four-mile hike and things that you would just wear as part of your sort of like your daily uniform, pieces that you identified with. And mm-hmm. so from Tahitian pearls, it went to, I came across um, Australian boulder opals and started working with them. And, um, you know, at the beginning, I thought the line would stay very simple. But, but sort of very quickly, um, it evolved into into um, using fine metals, and everything right now on the line is um, high, high metal carat, all 14, 18, 20, 22 carat, and from there moved to rustic diamonds. And, you know, when, you, when it's your own company, you don't, have to, you don't have to run anything by anybody. Like your choices, the materials that inspire you, you're free to use for better or worse and gauge the reaction to. And so that was, I don't know, I, I couldn't have planned that. That was just a lucky happenstance at, a, at an inflection point in my life when I had time to devote to it. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another. Well, so would you say that going into Bijou of Katona, that was the beginning of Petite Bailey? Absolutely. I love how, I love hearing how Pam has evolved Petite Baleen Jewelry into something that truly works for her as well as the shops that she is featured in. And one of the other shops besides Bijou of Katona that she does a lot of work with is beauty lounge at in summit new jersey i love watching her feed and how much fun she has building relationships and becoming friends and familiar and really helping her clients create beautiful jewelry that commemorates memories and events in their lives once again you can find pam in booth 3706 and that's in the luxury lifestyle section of the New York Now Show. Each of these designers that I'm featuring in this pre-departure podcast for the Tucson shows, each of them has a very distinctive style and distinctive jewelry. They're driven by different purpose, but it's all relevant and related to passions that we can all 
come together for, whether it's something that we believe that we deserve, something that makes us stand out and something that helps us remember to appreciate ourselves or to appreciate someone else through a gift of jewelry. Or as with my next guest, Deborah Navarro, who has been involved with Gem Legacy and the trips to East Africa and has been very instrumental in setting up programs that serve and give back to the communities in East Africa, mining and sourcing these beautiful gemstones that are now being set in and enjoyed in jewelry. I'm so excited that I'll be catching up with Deborah in two places. Deborah is showing in two shows in Tucson, the select show at the La Paloma Resort and Booth 101, and then at the JCK Tucson show at the JW Marriott Star Pass Resort in Booth DC 17. Here's a little bit of my visit with Deborah last spring before another show, and her story still remains the same. It's such a beautiful story about how she's inspired to set the gemstones and why she chose to use raw gems without them being faceted. It only makes sense to me that I'm going to use the rough. Um, it's just so gorgeous. When I faceted them, I, you know, it's kind of like they got lost and all the other gems that color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say that, that uh, you know, the lapidary arts is so intricate and so precise and so scientific. And uh, the creativity in doing all of these different cuts, I really can appreciate that. But I wasn't seeing it for the jewelry. Um, so anyway, my idea was to take the rough and kind of I wanted the gold to sort of wrap around it as if it was coming from the earth or mm-hmm. as if there was still earth around it. And again, the natural colored diamonds just representing the rock that it comes from, the earth, the rock, and also which ties into the Barefoot Collection so you can wear all of these pieces work together. But keeping the gold fluid and organic, um, it's, and I love the pieces and how they're coming out. I just, I'm enraptured by them. I just think they're so pretty because rough is just absolutely um, just, you know, the lines, the, the, the angles of nature are, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, then as I started making these pieces, I was thinking about what am I going to call these? You know, that was easy working with the Barefoot Collection because I was representing, you know, an action or a, a, you know, something that had a name. And I really didn't know what to call these pieces. But what I kept, anytime I think of Africa, and the, the thing that is the most um, impactful and heartwarming are the different friends that I've made. Their colleagues, mm-hmm. their friends. I've really enjoyed getting to know them and knowing just our, even though our circumstances are, are just vastly different, I, you know, our lives really are the same in mm-hmm. so many ways. And I, I just wanted to honor each one of these people, each one of these friends, 
by naming a style of jewelry after them. Uh, I want to share the good that jewelry can do and kind of give you another reason to buy jewelry. Right, right. And I feel, yeah. I really feel that Gem Legacy is, is helping that to happen because it's allowing for a transparent connection back to the source. And that's what I love so much about your, your Watu collection is not only are the pieces rough, but it's actually, I don't know, I think you can have more of a, of a touch, it's a more of a touchstone back to where the stone originated from. It's so yes. earth, it's so earth-like, so it really has a stronger connection to those hands <sighs> that first originally found it. Oh, I love so, that you see that. Maybe, you know, yes, that is, yeah. that, that's beautifully put. Mm-hmm. It is, and I think because I was so fascinated by the process and just, I mean, it was just a, honestly, I really hadn't given much thought to how all of these gemstones got to where they were. I just accepted the fact that they were in a great piece of jewelry mm-hmm. and really realizing there is so much heart and soul on that other side of that right. gem all the way leading up. We just want to share it mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. yeah, it gives you, it's just more emotionally to attach to, I think. Yes, yeah, and definitely. Um, so what does, what does Watu mean? Watu uh, means the people. Okay. Um, it's East Africa has always been about the people. I will say, you know, seeing the documentary... Uh, inspired me to take the trip, but my jewelry is all about the people. Mm-hmm. Deborah's jewelry has such a beautiful organic elegance. I'll be sure to be sharing plenty of pictures with you from Tucson, from both of the Select and the JCK shows to share Deborah's jewelry and more of her story as well. And what's new and going on, what you can expect to see from collections in the upcoming seasons from Deborah. And that's it for our designers that I'm featuring so far. I'll certainly be visiting with more and new friends, making new friends. But a few other designers I want to mention, you can watch for jewelry that I'll be wearing that they've designed, like Tracy Trainer, I have a beautiful horse pendant, the Equus pendant, and there's a really special story behind that that I'll share in, while I'm in Tucson about that. And Minton, she made me my beautiful jewelry navigator insert pendant. She creates architecturally inspired jewelry. And Elizabeth Moore, who Okay, I didn't tell you all this story. I will back up a little bit. Um, On Black Friday, back in November, I slipped down our stairs and I broke my arm. Luckily, it's healed really well and quickly. But Elizabeth Moore sent me the most wonderful, precious gift of a goodie care basket, a little um, care box of 
wonderfully baked goodies. And she is going to be uh, showing at the New York Now show as well. So I'll be featuring some of her designs straight from the show. And once again, Petite Bailey Jewelry is there and some of the other designers that I featured on the podcast that I'll be certain to make, be making posts for as well. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to be kicking off the year with the Tucson Gem Show. And then, of course, I will be reaching out and uh, sharing what my designer friends over in New York are doing as well while I'm in Tucson. So please stay tuned. Um, get a window seat <laughs> and watch the show from my Instagram feed and I will be sharing lots of wonderful gemstone surprises and all kinds of discoveries and meeting other friends. Oh, I'll be hopefully connecting with some of the other designers that I've had on the podcast, like Steve Moriarty and Cynthia Renee of Cynthia Renee Jewels. And oh, I'll, well, you'll just have to wait and see who else I discover and pal around with. So until next time, buckle up and cross-check your sparkle. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.